What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Stoop Life Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be doing what we always do after a UFC event. We're going to be doing matches to make after UFC Fight Night 221. Now, if you guys followed me on my picks, man, they were they were rough. They were rough this weekend. Uh, every single person that I follow that I talk to that does UFC picks, we had a bad week. Whew, we had a bad week. That doesn't mean it wasn't a good card, though, because honestly, guys, this card was awesome. There was a lot of action. There was a lot of knockouts. There was a lot of crazy submissions. First time ever I've seen a guy that's six foot five, 270 pounds, get lifted up and body slammed. First time I've ever seen that. First time I've also ever seen a reverse triangle choke from a cage position. It was, it was unbelievable, these guys, what they did. Um, I think UFC is doing a phenomenal job of putting together fight cards that are on fight night that you know aren't necessarily pay-per-views, but they are because they're on ESPN+. Plus. But, man, these, these fight night cards have been phenomenal, have been phenomenal. So <laughs> we, went, we went, as always, I got to give you guys my record for the weekend. We didn't do too good. We went five and seven. Isn't horrible, obviously. It's not the worst. It could be one and twelve, but five and seven. You know, we're still eighty percent on the year though. But five and seven, bad event. Hardest card of the year so far. We have another card coming up the week after I do this podcast, which is UFC two eighty six, which is Kamaru Usman versus Leon Edwards in London. We're gonna do that. We're gonna break that down coming up soon. But today, matches to make. Let's talk about this fight first. For every one of you out there, there's a couple of you that messaged me and said, wow, you really think Peter Jan's going to lose? There was a couple of you on my Instagram that said, wow, you're really betting against Peter Jan? He won his last two fights even though the judges. I agree. I had Peter Jan win his previous two fights even though the judges ripped him off. But I also said Peter Jan doesn't look like he is confident. He doesn't look like he wants to be there. What happened with this fight? I think he had a game plan thinking Mirab was going to slow down and he was going to pick him apart. Did not happen. He did not have any confidence in this fight. He didn't have the ability to stop Mirab. And Mirab ran the fuck through him, like I said, was a possibility of happening. So out of all the fights that I got wrong, I told you guys this, this was the pick. The upset the pick. So for all of my bets that I made, I picked this fight. And it saved me from actually losing money. Actually, it was $5 up because I bet more money on this fight to happen. Now, Mirab was fucking relentless. Relentless. He set a UFC record. 49 takedowns attempted. Number one ever in UFC history. Now, the crazy part is this. He beat the record in the fourth round. He still had a ra- over a round and a half left. And he already beat the record. That's crazy. 49 takedowns attempted. Cain Velasquez is number two with 33. You got Khabib out there, a guy who everybody knows does takedowns. His highest ever was 27. 49 takedowns attempted. Now, if you look at the numbers, he only had 11 of the 49 uh, takedowns successful. That means Peter Yon blocked 38 of them. That's a lot. That's crazy. Now, I want to make something known for you guys that are like, wow, like he was 11 for 49. That's horrible. It was why he was doing the takedown attempts. If you watch the fight, 
over half of these takedown attempts weren't actually trying to take Peter Yan to the ground. It was trying to throw his levels off. It was trying to stop his attack. Because one thing Peter Yan does better than everybody else, he figures your style out and then he counters. But when you keep touching him, when you keep grabbing that leg, taking him down, throwing him on the ground, getting him back up, going from high to low, high to low, unpredictable, you can't, you, you can't figure this out. And when a guy keeps coming at you like this, round after round after round, you don't know what to do. You're overwhelmed. Peter Yan never faced this. And frankly, we've never seen anybody do this ever like this in the UFC. But <coughs> the game plan from the Rab was executed as best of an execution of a game plan that I've ever seen in the history of UFC. That's how good it was. He wasn't trying to crush him. He was trying to throw him off so he couldn't figure him out. Mirab outstruck him 202 to 87. He landed 21 leg kicks. Now, these leg kicks are important because you got, you're throwing leg kicks, you're throwing takedown attempts in, you're punching him in the face, you're hitting him in the ribs. Peter Young couldn't figure this shit out. And I couldn't figure it out either when I was watching because you couldn't tell what Mirab was going to do when he was going to do it. It was so random. I don't even think Mirab knew what he was going to do half the time. Now, the important thing is here, guys, if you look at the takedown control, Mirab only had six minutes and 55 second takedown control in a 25-minute fight. doesn't seem like a lot. But like I said earlier, it's about how he did it. That shit wasn't a consecutive. I don't think he had Peter Yan down on the ground for more than 30 seconds at a time ever for a max. It was like five seconds here, 10 seconds here, five seconds there. It was just constantly up, down, up, down, up, down. And that wore Peter Yan out. Peter Yan didn't know how to throw. His eye got shut, and then he couldn't see. Peter Yan has lost confidence in the ring. Now, usually I don't talk about the guy that lost first, but we got to talk about Peter Yan. What is next for Peter Yan? Honestly, guys, I don't know. This division is stacked. He's either lost to or beat the guys that are in the top five already. Do I personally think that he has the abilities to still be a champ? Yeah, absolutely, I do. But he has to believe it, and I don't think he does. We got currently Henry Cejudo is fighting Aljamain Sterling for the title. The two guys that are above Peter Yan, Mirab and Sean, beat him. The guy that's right below him, Sandman, he beat. Sandman's booking a fight against Cheeto. Does he fight the winner of that fight if there's no other fight? I, I don't know. In my honest opinion, he looks defeated. But he needs to get back in the ring and fight a guy that is going to allow him to get the ability to stand up and throw and get the confidence back in that he has the ability to win a fight. So who's he going to fight? How about... Dominic Cruz. You know, Dominic Cruz is a guy that looks like he's ready to stand and bang. He doesn't have that takedown ability like he used to have. The veteran fighter. You got a veteran win. That might be a good fight for him. I don't know if that's the fight to make, though. What about Rob Font? He's in the top 10. He's a guy that you can throw with, that you could possibly pick apart and knock out. I think that's the fight to make. What about Cody Stamen? A guy that's just outside of the top 10, but he's a stander. He likes to throw. A guy that, you know, if he beats Peter Yan, hey, 
he's an interesting fighter for the UFC to promote going forward. He's a guy that, that, you know, possesses a lot of problems. But it's also a guy that will allow Peter Yan to do what Peter Yan does. So one of those three guys is the fight to make. I would make Peter Yan versus Rob Font. I think that's the fight to make. Now, as for me, Rab, he's in a whole lot of question marks. You guys ever see that uh, the meme with uh, Alan from Hangover where he's playing poker and he got all the numbers going up and he's like, what do I do? That, that, that's me, Rab, right now. His best friend is the current champion, Aljamain Sterling. He won't fight him. Dana White's telling him, hey, you're an idiot. You should fight him. I don't know. People have mixed feelings about that. In my honest opinion, I wouldn't fight him either. I get it. Um, but who's to say Aljamain Sterling is going to be the champion the next time Mirab even makes a fight? Henry Cejudo's coming back after a three-year layoff. He's fighting Aljamain Sterling in May. That ain't a long time for, for Mirab to wait. If Aljamain Sterling moves up, if he wins the fight, he moves up, good. You get a title fight against the winner of Cheeto, Sandhagen, or you fight Sean. Either one. So you got three guys you could possibly fight right there. If Henry wins, wins what's better than avenging your best friend, your training partner? You fight Cejudo. Why not? I think everybody's looking at it wrong for, for Mirab. I think Mirab should wait. He got a lot of options for him. And honestly, you can't go wrong with either one because after seeing what he just did, ain't nobody going to want to fight that. But let's, let's go a different scenario here. Let's say Aljamain Sterling does win and he doesn't relinquish the belt. If I'm Mirab, I make one fight. I fight the winner of Sandman Cheeto. Fight the winner because Sean's supposed to get the title shot. Sean ain't fighting me, Rab. He's scared as shit. He's just crying right now. He ain't, he ain't even on Instagram posting about it. He's that scared. But if I'm E-Rab and Aljamain doesn't relinquish the belt and move up, Sandman Cheeto is the fight to make. If he wins that fight and Aljamain doesn't do it, sorry, buddy, we're squaring up. The fight to make for, for him right now is for, there is no fight to make. You got to wait. You got to wait. Mirab got to wait, see what happens. He's either going to fight Henry or fight Sam Mancito. Either one, I think that's the fight to make for him. Let's talk about the heavyweights. We got Volkov and Romanov. Did not go how I expected. I had a submission from Romanov, but Romanov got submitted. Now, Volkov got on top of him and just did not get off. Dude was massive. And while I was watching the fight, I texted my co-host, and I was like, you know what? I'm really interested to see how Volkov fights John Jones. I'm not saying that's the fight to make. I'm just saying, this guy's six foot seven. He's massive. I want to see how he goes against John Jones because, like, he has great wrestling because he's so big. How how would he how would he fare against John Jones? But the fight to make for him, there's two fights to make. He wants to fight Gon. He wants to get a revenge fight against Gon because Gon beat him. Makes sense. Get Gon's confidence back. But I don't think they're going to make that fight. I think the fight they make for Volkov is give him Tua. Tua versus, versus Volkov is the fight they make. I think it's a banger. It's basically an eliminator going forward for the heavyweight division. Rightfully so. That's the fight they make. As for Romanov, the loser, get him back on his horse. Let him fight Arlovsky, a guy who's on a win streak, an old guy who a la Glover Teixeira is making a comeback when he's older. Let's see what happens. You know, Romanov only got two losses in his career. 
uh, Arlovsky's on a, on a win streak. Put them in there together to see what happens. Now we got Nikita Krylov. Submit it, Ryan's fan. That loss was all on Ryan's fan. When Ryan's fan got submitted, it was his own fault. He literally threw a right bomb to Krylov, who's on the ground, who's a submission artist from an armbar. Should have let him stand up and throw with him. But he wanted to prove, hey, I can ground with you, bro. Not the way to do it. You got to submit it, lost the fight, eh, is what it is. As for Krylov, dude's a beast. Very, very underrated fighter. Let's see him run it back with Jan. I want to see Polish power versus Russian power. Let's see these guys bang it out again. And again, an eliminator for a title in the future. Put them together. And as for Span, line him up with a guy who's a veteran who will throw. And let let Span get that that confidence back because we don't want to see a guy like Span take on another top five contender and lose because he's stupid, because he's immature. So let him fight a guy that's going to fight his style and let him fight Vulcan Ozdemir. I think that's the fight to make there. Jonathan Martinez got to win. I don't think he won. I think uh, Usman, or sorry, Saeed Nurmagomedov won the fight. But, uh, hey, judges don't like the Russians. Judges uh, picked Martinez. I think a couple people thought Martinez might have won the fight. But, in my opinion, I had it almost 3-0 Nurmagomedov, but definitely 2-1. But Martinez got the win. Great fight. As for him, who's he going to fight? He should fight Dominic Cruz. Why not? He got a big win against a guy that everybody thought was going to be the next top 10 guy. Well, now Martinez is that top 10 guy. So why not fight a veteran in Cruz? Let's see what this guy has. You know, we got Cruz out there who just lost. It's a good fight for him as well. A guy that matches up against him. They both match up good against each other. Let's see them fight. Mario Batista. Honestly, this guy had one of the best submissions of the night. He was one of the best fighters of the night. He was the longest odds of the night as well at minus 900. Showed why. He had a body slam as well. After the fight, we already know who was fighting. Called it out. Called out Cody. So we're going to see Mario Batista versus Cardi Garbrandt. I don't know if Cody's going to sign that fight, though. Mario Batista is a well-rounded fighter. This guy can throw. This guy can take you down. And any guy that's really well-rounded, they beat Cody. Typically, it's a knockout power, but it's a threat of the takedown that allows the fighters to knock out Cody. But that's the fight to make. As for all the other fighters on it, we're not going to talk about them today. We'll talk about them another day. But I hope you guys enjoyed my matches that I made. And tune back in because we're going to be talking about UFC 286 soon. And we're excited because it's a great fight card. So tune in. Love you guys. Peace out.